Hey, everybody. Welcome to Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and I'm so happy you're here with us. If you're just joining for the first time, I am a special needs mom, a special needs attorney, and a best-selling author. So please grab your coffee, and if you're like me, you might be listening in your car. I spent a lot of time in the car in my day. And please join us for some important discussions to help you thrive in this complex special needs world. Each week, we're going to chat with parents and experts, and sometimes parents who are experts, to offer compassionate advice for all stages of your life. These are the conversations you would have with your best friend if your best friend was an expert like me. Let's go. Welcome back, podcast fans. I'm your host, Annette Hines, and this is Parenting Impossible, the special needs survival podcast. This week, I'm going to continue my series, and it is all about my story. And last time, we talked about the beginning of my story, becoming a parent, and what that was like in my daughter Elizabeth's early years, as well as um, my second daughter Caroline's challenges being a sibling. This week, I want to talk to you about work. What was it like trying to work? And I say trying because it was challenging. And what, what was that evolution like? In my book, Butterflies and Second Chances, I called this chapter my so-called career. And I called it that because, you know, I started out on one particular path and I know many of you will identify with this. And then, you know, I went in a completely different direction. However, I found that my skill sets were such that I was able to really bring together my, um, all of my original skills and then all the things that I learned by being the parent of a child with profound special needs and profound special healthcare needs. Now, I know that we don't always like that term special needs. You can call them disabilities, use whatever language you want. But during that time period, we were all referring to ourselves as special needs parents and our kids as special needs kids. So that's my frame of reference. And that's the language that I'm going to use. So interestingly enough, as I was getting ready to do this part of the podcast, and there's going to be three parts in this series, I read uh, an article in LinkedIn News about the pandemic and how it has devastated the careers of millions of women in the United States. And the share of women hired into leadership positions really stalled out in 2020 after years of making progress. But some areas weathered the storm better than others. And then they go on to name 10 metro areas um, and show some graphs about, you know, what they've done and what the difference was for them. And it's interesting um, that uh, software and IT services and media and communications 
or the two most commonly cited industries driving these promotions. And that's because those industries absolutely fared well and better than most companies and better than most industries in being able to integrate um, their um, work from home uh, work from home policies, their work from home support and all of that. They were able to jump on that bandwagon a little bit faster, a little bit smoother, and it made a difference for women. As you know, during the pandemic, I'm not telling you anything that you don't know. We really, um, as caregivers, being caught between our elderly parents, raising our kids with special needs, even women who were raising typical kids, typically developing kids, um, our role in stringing all of this together just expanded enormously when we became teachers and therapists and psychologists and, and um, just every single piece of the puzzle that we used to be able to rely on school for or rely on caregiving agencies or therapeutic settings or if if we're talking about our elderly parents you know those visiting associations and the um it, the institutional living that they were doing everything changed everything now um this is March. It's Women's History Month, which means, you know, we're celebrating women. And on the day that I am recording this podcast for you, it's International Women's Day, which is fantastic. But I want to say that for special needs families and especially mothers, I don't mean to let the dads out, but especially the women We've always struggled with these things well before the pandemic. Our work-life balance had to become what I like to term work-life integration. There wasn't other ways to do it. And for me, that's exactly what helped me. Um, I started out my journey, and, and again, for those of you who don't know me, um, you know that I'm Annette Hines, but my background is, as I introduced myself in the last podcast, I, I studied to become an attorney. I have an MBA as well as an economics degree from undergrad. And my journey was going to be um, definitely something civil rights oriented, but I really wanted to work with children and families and to do um, some impactful legislation, some impactful uh, advocacy, some impactful job where I was absolutely changing the world. I mean, this was my plan, you know. But when I got out of law school, I immediately was married and um, was having my first child all within the first year of leaving law school. And I never even got a chance to sit for the bar until a little while later. 
because my daughter was born a 29 week two pound preemie and it just completely absorbed my life. So my life took a different track because what really happens when you go for those job interviews at the big law firms, especially back then, there was not a lot of understanding for the deviation from the norm. So if you didn't go right through internships, summer internships to uh, being recruited for a job in your third year of law school, your chances of getting hired by a large firm went down to pretty negligible, negligible opportunities. And unless you had a, a connection, you know, a family member or somebody who'd taken you under their wing, you, you just weren't going to penetrate that set for you model. Add to that someone like me who has a lot of responsibilities at home and needs flexibility, it just became a devastating scenario to try to go to a large firm environment and do the kinds of litigation and impact um, advocacy that I wanted to. However, I love to say that when my daughter Elizabeth was born, an advocate was born as well. And that was me. And I recognized immediately that I was not going to be able to get a job doing anything traditional. So um, I stopped being frustrated about that and started trying to figure out another way. I was able to network very, very easily, very well. That's a skill set that I have. And in my journey, when I got divorced and needed to actually earn a, earn a living, I had multiple women step up for me and give me opportunities. I had a friend who hired me as a consultant, and I was able to work at that for about a year and a half, uh, two years, maybe something like that. Um, and that got me health insurance and some benefits. Um, that didn't work out long term because the firm moved and it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. I still really wanted to be a lawyer, not a consultant. And so I was so lucky that I had a few women who took me under their wing and they were um, from different environments. One was working at a larger firm. Another was a solo and they were willing to give me work and train me and have my back when I needed somebody to ask questions. See, when you work in a big firm environment or any big company, there are there's a lot of training opportunities and there's a lot of mentorship opportunities. Now, I'm not saying that everybody gets that, but at least it's there. When you work for yourself, when you work as a solo, and you're just starting out, you don't have anybody to review documents for you or to bounce things off of. And that can be a problem. I made so many mistakes in those early years and tried so hard to be the best that I could be, having to work three times as hard because 
you've got to go over and over and over the documents that you're creating and reviewing every law and every rule and you know you're just you're standing alone you're an island unto yourself so i basically struck out on my own and did not have a lot of difficulty attracting the clients just getting the the work done and being smart and needing to have those resources available to me i for example i could not take court work in the early days because when you get scheduled for court there is not a lot of flexibility you have to show up and with my daughter elizabeth at the time i just never knew when i was going to have an emergency with her and need to pick her up at school or not be able to bring her to school the schools are so fussy and they don't help at all you know it, there's a lot of judgment there it, there every time i would be late i was always the mom that was late late picking up this one late picking up the other one just not being able to hold it all together um and being ADD myself I'm already challenged with all of the aspects of needing to be well organized and to have things flow um as stress free as possible well as things started to come along I you know had my office for about four years, four and a half years, something like that. And I just knew that I needed more structure. I was not going to be able to grow and wasn't going to be able to offer my clients the best experience unless I joined with some other folks. So I did that. I reached out to someone I knew in the industry that I was in, which was disability law. And Fortunately, he was fantastic and wonderful and allowed me to step into that role part-time and to do this as flexibly as possible, I guess is the way that I want to say it. Um, it was still incredibly challenging. Again, as many of you know, there's no daycare for our kids with special needs. Um, you can't take a kid who turns blue and has seizures and um, has a feeding tube and pump, a suction machine, you know, and, and I, the list just goes on and on. And, and for a while, Elizabeth was on um, actual uh, TPN, which is uh, parenteral feeding into a large, I forget if it was, I think it was a vein. Um, into, you know, directly into her heart so that she could get everything that she needed when we couldn't feed her through her gut. And that that is not something that you can do with a typical daycare. Um, so everyone said, oh, sure, we'd love to take her. Is she coming with a support person? And I'm thinking, no, if I had a support person, I would not need to send her to daycare. How silly is that? So, no daycare, and I struggled to get in-home care for her. 
And that is definitely an issue as well. When you are looking for that in-home daycare, um, what happens is you get some support through the state, but the younger your child is, the more they expect you to do as a parent. And frankly, they expected me to become a nurse and really deliver around the clock care. And that's what happened to me and so many people that I know is that they were just on 24-7 and nobody can maintain that for years. You want to talk about burnout. I did a show about burnout a, a few episodes back. That's burnout. Um, and it's not that you have a choice. You have to keep going. Your kid needs an overnight staff person who is monitoring their oxygen and their seizures. And then, you know what? You absolutely have to be up. There, There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There's not even a lot of places to send a kid like that. There are a couple of pediatric nursing homes, and that's it. And most people prefer, as did I, not to send their kid to a nursing home environment. That's no judgment against folks who do and who have um, through choice or necessity, whatever. The fact of the matter is, is that my daughter was so complicated, I didn't even have faith that in that pediatric nursing home environment that she would be safe and secure, that she they would be able to, to provide that one-to-one care to her because it's not one-to-one care in those environments. So the options for care are so limited. Add that to the fact that they miss so much school. Um, they're required to stay out of school for for this and for that. And if this is going on, one of the things that I battled all the time was that my daughter had diarrhea and she, because she had mitochondrial disease, she had fluctuating uh, body temperatures and she would become very sweaty. And I think the word is diaphoretic. I don't have that right. I'm sorry. Um, and she would, so she would sweat a lot. Her her autonomic system was messed up and that made her have weird blood pressures and again, sweating or be cold or, and so she would get sent home a lot with like, Oh, she's got a fever or she's warm and clammy and um, she threw up or she had diarrhea. So she must be sick. And it just took so long to get people to accept that that was our baseline, you know? Um, so, so that was challenging. And she couldn't go to school safely without a nurse for much of her life. Finding the staff people, oh my gosh, crazy. And then you have a nurse that's paid for by the school, but then you have different nursing care at home. And you really have to become the CEO of your family and run it like a business so that things go as smoothly as possible. And essentially, you have two jobs. So you're running that business, and then you are basically doing another job on top of that that you get paid for. Often what would happen to me, because um, after that stint for a couple of years with the friendly person who provided me a good place to operate out of, 
I was doing really well and I got lured away to a bigger firm. Unfortunately, that was a terrible fit for me because there wasn't a lot of flexibility and bending when it came to hours, production, etc. Um, went from there to another firm where I was moderately happy, but again, was just considered that poor cousin in the corner with the work that I was doing for disability advocacy, as well as special needs planning and guardianships and so forth. Having said that, the challenge that I found was that each environment had some good things and some bad things, but I could not find an environment that had everything that I needed where I could contribute at my maximum. And the thing is that you, I really need to get across is that I loved working and I loved sharing my knowledge with families and being there for them. And I loved my children too. And I loved being with them, but I needed it all. I needed everything to work out. And being at work gave me a sense of self. Being an advocate, being an attorney in this field gave me a sense of purpose and an outlet. And it was my only socialization outside of my kids. And I needed that too. So ultimately, as Elizabeth got sicker and more challenging to handle, um, I eventually had a couple of caregivers who were pretty stable and, and stayed with us for, for years. And that was so helpful. It took a long time for those relationships to build, but it was so helpful. When I got to a point, though, where I failed, and, and let me tell you, it was a failure. I failed at my second, third, fourth job. I had to think about something different. So what worked for me was something very similar that has been working for women for some years now in our same position. And I saw that um, there was a combination of a few key ingredients that were repetitive that that um, showed up in many of my friends and colleagues and acquaintances across the country. It showed up in their profile as to why they were so successful. So the first thing was, I was very lucky to have family support. My mother actually moved in with me when Elizabeth was very little and before Caroline was born. She was still working, so she was going back and forth to work, but she was there in the evening to give me a break. Unfortunately, I didn't have a great partner, so um, I got divorced shortly after my second daughter was born. 
But even in those early years, I would say that there wasn't a lot of support and there wasn't a lot of connectivity between me and my husband at the time. So my mom became essential to me. She would come to the store with me and be an extra pair of hands. She would take a shift at night if I needed to take a little break. She was there on the weekends. She kept me from being lonely and feeling crazy and um, just she was like a second mom raising my kids, even though she was grandma. I also had other family support as well, but really my mom was the one that made the difference for me. Now, living with your mother can also make you crazy. You know, there's definitely some pros and cons there some give and take and not everybody has the ability to do that or the um, family that can do that and I get that but that was a key for me um, other folks that I've seen who have been really successful have had a good partner to rely on and that has made all the difference for them I know we hear a lot about the divorce rates in special needs families, in parents of kids with special health care needs, um, and it's high. It's still high. But when you have that solid partnership, whether it's spouses or um, just um, caretaking together, it can make a huge difference for women being able to work and have a career and live their life. Live, I should say live their life outside of parenting. Um, so that was it for me. I had my mother. The next thing that I see that has been so successful for me and then for many, many women is that rather than trying to force my, my way up into management, partnership, um, decision-making authority within an organization, and to be able to craft my own hours and, you know, the way that I need to work to be successful. Instead of continuing to bump my head up against that glass ceiling but it's it's kind of it's not just a glass ceiling for women it's just the mommy ceiling I decided that I'm gonna creatively start my own thing was that easy hell no it was so hard because I still had appointments that I had to cancel um, because kids were sick and you know things happen nurse calls out whatever. I brought Elizabeth to work with me. I brought little Caroline to work with me. Oh my gosh. If you have known anything of me, if you've ever been to any meeting where I've presented or, or been part of, you will have seen my kids in tow. Um, the year that I was the president of the Mass Association of Women Lawyers, my kids were in tow with me to meetings to banquets, to this, that, and the other thing, because I couldn't get care. 
I didn't have care all the time, even with the help of my mother. So, you know, if my mom wasn't feeling well, I'm bringing the kids by myself, you know, and I got real good at that. At again, what I call work, work family or work life integration. It, it's no, there's no balance because there's no 50% here, 50% there, 40% here, 60% there. You have to integrate it into your life. And so starting my own thing, and I've seen many of the moms I know who have been successful at work do the same thing. That has been key. But along with that, another thing that I need to mention is that it's all about doing something that you love and that you have authority in. So I've seen women try to work at, you know, more traditional nine to five jobs and the passion wasn't there. You really get pulled away if the passion is not there. For me, being in the disability community as a professional and showing up in that way and also being the parent, there's a lot of authenticity there. There's a lot to share. And the joy of being able to create something within the community that I was already living was phenomenal. So I've seen other women step out in this way. Um, take their skills and go to nonprofit management or go to therapy um, environments or create, uh, you know, just something, you know, become authors, speakers, um, advocates, go into politics, just different things like that that have fulfilled them and, and had a level up because of, you know, their disability experiences that has been just key you've got to do something you love if it's going to pull you away from your family and a lot of times creating that something can be the best way to be able to have a job have a career and have your family in, and have everything show up in the way that you want it to and the way that you dream about and, and envision. Um, and the last thing that I really, really need to bring into this is, and this is for you ladies, again, this is uh, Women's History Month and celebrating women in the month of March. We've got to stop judging yourself you cannot compare yourself to that next woman down the street even if she is also a special needs parent you can't compare your life and success and measure it by what other people are doing that is just not healthy and it's it doesn't work um you need to show up as you you need to have your own vision of your life Create your own goals and work towards them and cut yourself some slack. Make adjustments where you need to. Don't beat yourself up over the fact that the laundry's been hanging around for a week. Buy new underwear if you need to. It's easier sometimes to have it delivered from Amazon than, you know, 
going out and trying to get all the laundry done all the time. It's really hard to do this. I know that. And I spent years beating myself up over all of my perceived failures. I failed at this job. I failed at this job. I failed at this job. And then starting the business, starting the law firm, and then the second business that I have, it really has been another series of learning experiences. I'm not going to call them failures. But being able to take that information as it is and then just do better tomorrow, that's where you need to go. You have to really hug yourself and love yourself and love where you are. I think otherwise the world just eats us up alive. There is so much out there that feeds on our own negativity and will embrace the opportunity to bring us down. There's enough out there in the world. There are enough people in the world, enough haters. There's enough institutional um, bullying that goes on. I hope you know what I mean by that. That we should not be doing it to ourselves. And if you need a leg up, if you need a little helping hand, reach out to those colleagues and and just tell them, I'm struggling today. I'm struggling this week. Um, can you help me with X? People will respond with a resounding, yes, I will. I've experienced that. It's pushing yourself to ask for help and to seek what you need. That is the biggest challenge because we have guilt. Because we are constantly feeling like failures, because there's institutional bullying going on where the systems themselves, like the school systems and the state support systems, they don't really lift up parents. They're, they're, most of the interactions that I've had in the early years were quite negative and very difficult on my psyche. It takes a long time to build up the strength and the fortitude to stand up for what you need yourself and in addition to what your kid needs. We all have those fighting instincts for our kids, but we don't do that for ourselves. So it's been 10 years, 10 years since I started Special Needs Law Group. It was the best thing that I ever did for myself, the best even though some days are really hard, and even though some days I really struggle, oh man, it has been just amazing. What an amazing ride. And then two years ago, starting Special Needs Family Services, where we are the fiduciary, we step in where people don't have somebody and they need somebody to be in their corner. Could I not have created a better job for myself? That was just enlightening and has been incredibly fulfilling. And now we're moving into our next phase where I'm going to be doing some group coaching. I'm creating courses. And I am beyond excited about that because it's an opportunity to reach more people, reach people outside of Massachusetts, outside of New England 
and to be able to deliver information, knowledge, and support for all of, not just parents, but individuals with disabilities themselves, and to provide an environment for disability workers, activists, um, from all stages of life, basically. So, again, I know that it's a little different for me. Elizabeth passed away, gosh, you know, coming up on nine years now. Um, it'll be nine years this fall that Elizabeth was gone. And so I absolutely have more time to dedicate to my work. Uh, my youngest is in college and that makes life somewhat easier for me to get out every day and do what I need to do. But the foundation was laid for all of this much, much earlier on. And I will just say that if there's anything that I can do to support you out there, I really would love to hear from you. Just let me know. I, I hope to be a resource and to be a guide and a navigator for anyone who's struggling with that work-life integration. It has been a pleasure and a joy being able to talk to you about all of these things. And I hope that you got something out of it. Um, if you are finding this podcast helpful or delivering the kind of information that you like and need, I would really appreciate a rating and or review as well. It does really help to get the podcast out there to people that really need this information and need this message. I am so grateful that you joined me today, and I hope that you will join me again. My third part of the series is going to be, um, it's going to be even more impactful because while talking about my life, you know, while Elizabeth was growing up and talking about my um, experience with work was important. Next week, I'm going to share my experience with my relationship and what it was like um, getting divorced in the midst of all of this chaos. And then also some tips on how to co-parent going forward from there. Um, and I hope that, again, you know, this series is helpful and I appreciate any input that you have to share. So without further ado, have a great week and thank you so much. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I just wanted to take a second to say how much I appreciate you taking the time to listen to these podcasts. I'm having a blast doing them, and I hope that you're finding the content to be what you were really hoping. If you are, please take a second to leave a rating and a review. It's so helpful in getting this content out to people who really need to hear it. Thank you so much.